Thank you, Darren, for those uh, warm words of welcome. Good morning, Truth Community, and uh, especially a very good morning to you out in Zoomland, and trust that our time together might be profitable and might be uh, glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just before we look into the Word of God, let us pray and ask God's guidance. You know, without Him, we can do absolutely nothing. And so we need His guidance, His direction. And uh, we certainly appreciate Juanita in leading us this morning and just tuning our hearts to the greatness and goodness of our God. Let's look to Him at this time in prayer, shall we? Wow. Father, we praise You. We thank you this morning for your presence in our midst. Even though we're uh, socially distanced and reduced in number, face-to-face -face, that is, Father, we praise you that you are sovereign, that you are in control of all things, and that we can look to you in total confidence, knowing that you have our best interest in mind as you're working all things together. Father, we do thank you for this past week. We thank you that we can look back like the psalmist and we can uh, say, uh, yes, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives this past week, how that you've guided, directed, provided, protected, Father, we praise you. We thank you, Father, that even in the midst of this uh, seeming pandemic, that um, really we're learning more and more about. We know very little about it. And yet, Father, we thank you that you're the omniscient one, that you know all things about all things, and that we can totally put our trust in you. Father, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. We praise you for each family represented here this morning and over Zoomland. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this, your church, in this community. And we pray that you will continue in these days to build your church and to encourage your people. Speak to our hearts now through your word. Minister to us. But Father, above all, May everything said and done be to your honor and to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been uh, thinking over these past lot of weeks <clears throat> that there are many personal encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ recorded for us in his word. This morning, I would like us to look at one of the disciples' encounters with the Lord. There are ten appearances of the Lord in resurrection life to his disciples recorded. Five were on the day of resurrection, or the first day of the week. The one which I want us to examine this morning briefly happened in the evening of the resurrection day. 
I would like you to note, we'll see this as we proceed through our study this morning, that this encounter with the Lord brought assurance and confidence. I don't know about you, but as I look around our world today, as I listen to the news, watch the news, I see very little assurance, very little confidence. And this comes especially through the Lord. There are many things in this passage for us to see, but for sake of time, I want to limit our thoughts to three very important truths contained in these verses. The first one, I want to direct your attention to verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Please notice, it was when the doors were shut that the disciples were assembled in fear, for fear of the Jews. It was then that Jesus came and stood in their midst. Notice, Jesus did not take them out of the dangerous situation that they were in, but he came to them in the midst of their fear and trouble. I love that thought. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you know, is the power of God to or for salvation to everyone that believes. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Now, you know already, this does not mean that if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you'll be exempt from all of life's trials, hardships, and difficulties. Notice, when Jesus came to his disciples, he said, Peace be with you. Shalom. Now you may say, but this was just a common form of greeting in those days. Shalom, peace. Yes. But I believe there's more to it than just a simple form of greeting. If you turn back in your Bibles to John chapter 14, that tremendous, comforting chapter, let not your heart be troubled, it begins. You believe in God, believe also in me, says Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. Oh, I love the King James mansions. Dwelling places, of course, we know, but oh, I love the thought of a mansion. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. No need to worry about the future. Jesus Christ is preparing a place. Now watch in verse 27 of John 14. Jesus continues, Peace, he said, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
not only do we not need to worry about the future, for Jesus, Jesus is preparing a place, but we no, don't need to worry about the present because he gives us peace. Wow. Notice it is his peace. My peace I give to you. Brings to mind the uh, letter of the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 are familiar verses to us. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard, will keep, will garrison, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice again, please, the peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that directs us to Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him, that is in Jesus Christ, all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Listen to this. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. This peace is made through the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. Keith and Kristen Getty are an Irish couple. I'm sure you are aware of their name. They got it right when they wrote to him, In Christ Alone. One of the verses goes, In Christ Alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied and every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ. I live. He made peace through the blood of his cross. Those who were enemies of God, we all fall into that category. We were brought to God, made peace, brought back to God through the blood of his cross. Romans chapter 5 Verses 1 and 2, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith 
into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So when Jesus came to his disciples on that evening, the resurrection evening, and said to them, Peace be with you. He was referring to the peace of God that comes alone through the Lord Jesus Christ, who has settled the sin question by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Remember, the wages of sin is death, which Jesus paid on Calvary's cross. Now, oh, I can't let this go. But uh, by the way, uh, by the way, that is worth mentioning. Romans chapter 6, 23, I quoted there, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through or in Christ Jesus our Lord. Interesting to notice, it's the wages of sin that is death, but the gift of God is life. <laughs> wages Wages is what we earn, what we deserve. A gift, a gift is given free of charge. Not totally free, it was paid for a great price. <laughs> but it's given, it's offered free. Free to be received not getting what we deserve, but receiving what we don't deserve, eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow. Think of it. Isn't it precious? Wages of sin, death, gift of God, life eternal in Christ Jesus. Now, let's get back to the peace. Over in John chapter 16 and verse 33, where we have the words of the Lord Jesus Christ again, he said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. As I thought about this, this peace, I thought peace and safety is not simply the absence of danger, but rather the presence and the work of God. He made peace through the blood of his cross. Notice also that this peace that Jesus talks about is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So we see this personal encounter of the disciples with the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of their fear and trouble 
Jesus brought peace and calm. Wow. I love to read about the calm in Scripture. Remember during the storm on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus was asleep in the boat. The disciples came, woke him up in the midst of their fear. And we read in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 39, Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said, Peace, be still. And listen to it. There was a great calm. There was a great calm. Don't you love it? There was a great calm. In the midst of their fear and trouble, Jesus brought peace and calm. Through our personal encounters with the Lord Jesus, we too can experience this peace, this calm, over and over and over again. Yes, even in the midst of our fear and trouble, even in the midst of COVID-19, our pandemic. Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings calm. Wow. The second thought is found in verse 20. Then, I'll read part of it, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. The little word translated saw. It's interesting. It means more than just seeing with the eye. It's the little word, I do, I do. <laughs> and it means to perceive. It means to notice. It means to discern. It means to understand. It is the seeing which produces understanding. Arthur W. Pink, a great theologian of the past, said in his commentary of John's gospel, peace comes through his perfect work. Joy is the result of being occupied with his blessed person. Oh, I love that. He says, this then is the great secret of joy, occupation and fellowship with Christ. Occupation and fellowship with Christ. Remember over in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, we have the two walking on the road to Emmaus, and we're told they were sad. Even when Jesus joined them, they were sad. You see, they did not recognize him. They saw him, but they did not recognize him. As soon as they did recognize him, they said, Did not our heart burn within us? Remember Mary at the tomb? Remember she was saddened going into the empty tomb? She wondered, where is he? <laughs> and she thought the gardener was there and turned and 
Remember? She mistook Jesus for the gardener <laughs> because she saw but did not recognize. As soon as she recognized who it was, her sadness was changed to joy and gladness. <laughs> Over in John chapter 16 and verse 22, an interesting verse. Therefore now you have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. The little word rejoice there in that verse is exactly the same word that is translated glad over in verse 20 of John 20. If ever there were people that should be glad and rejoicing, <laughs> it's the people of God, people of God. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20, the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking to the disciples, said, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So, when Jesus came to his disciples on that resurrection evening, in the midst of their fear and trouble, Jesus brought peace and calm, we saw, but also in the midst of their sorrow and sadness, Jesus brought joy and gladness. You know, I was thinking on this among other things, this past week, and thought there's so much in this world that brings sadness, that brings trouble, that brings concern. And as we focus on those things, it will have that effect on us, doesn't it? <laughs> but when we stop, when we pause for a moment to think, that God is in control. Yes, he's way beyond all that we could ever imagine. But he's right there with us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The presence of God. The presence of Jesus Christ. What a difference it makes. Then we come to our third and final point this morning, found in verse 21 to 23. Verse 21, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. Shalom. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. This, of course, as you've seen, is the second time the words peace to you or peace be with you are spoken by Jesus. Shalom. The first we have seen deals with the peace with God. The second deals with the peace of God. The first deals with the conscience or 
our position before God, the second deals with the heart or our condition in the world. The first is the consequence of atonement. Oh, he made peace through the blood of his cross. The second is that which issues from communion. Communion. Have you experienced that peace through the atonement? Peace with God. Have you experienced or are you experiencing the peace of God through communion with God. I uh, mentioned many months ago when I was here in the past that uh, I was saved uh, back in Ireland many months ago. Um, the instrument that God used to bring me to himself was a character called Big Jimmy. <laughs> we, we, we call people like that back in Ireland. We, we Sammy and Big Jimmy, you know? <laughs> Very descriptive. <laughs> and uh, Big Jimmy, he was a rough character. But boy, he knew the Lord. He loved the Lord. And I remember Jimmy used to... Uh, come into our home and meet with us. And we used to be excited, looking forward. And he would open the Bible and he would flip through the old, well-worn pages and then he would throw it down on the floor and he'd look around and he'd say, Don't you love to hear from God? Don't you love just to get alone with God? To speak to him through prayer and to hear him speak to you through his word. Those were the words that God used in my heart. You see, up to that point in time, most of you already know, I was claiming to be a Christian. I'd gone to church from, I was carried to church <laughs> I was raised in church. I taught in church. I preached in church. And God spoke to me that night. And I thought, get alone and hear God speaking to you through his word. How often do I do that? When do I do that? And once we were alone once Jimmy had gone. I got alone with my Bible and I was flipping through and flipping through. And I read and it, it didn't seem to be making much sense to me. Then I became aware of uh, voices in the other room and I come back in and Jimmy had returned. And he came and he said, I'm here. I don't understand it. God directed me back here tonight to ask a personal question. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Have you received him into your heart and life as your personal Lord and Savior? And as I shared before with you, I reacted very strongly to that. Who does this man think he's talking to? <laughs> does he not know that I've preached in church, that I've been reading the scriptures in church, that I go regularly to church? <laughs> And while I wrestled, my wife Dorothy said, I don't know the Lord. And he got down on his knees beside the old couch and he led Dorothy to the Lord. And it was then that I come to realize that was foreign to me. <laughs> I'd been through all the church. I'd been through all the traditional things. <laughs> But never, never had I experienced this. Coming to the person of Jesus Christ and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell at best. Lord Jesus, save me. Come into my heart and life and live, live through me. And praise the Lord, I did that. Life has not been easy. <laughs> Most of you know that. But my, it's precious to spend time with the Lord. To know that even in the busyness of our schedule, He's right there with us. He's in it with us. He sees us through. He encourages us. Peace be with you. The first, as I've said, is the consequence of atonement. The second is that which issues from communion, the peace of God. Let me explain it this way. It's not just God's will to save, but he desires to fill us with his spirit and send us forth into the world as witnesses unto him. Not only did the appearance of Christ to his disciples renew their devotion and their hopes, but it also renewed their commission as witnesses. What a tremendous responsibility. What a wonderful privilege is ours as children of God. We're saved to serve. We're saved to tell others. I used to think, you know, we have to have all kinds of degrees after our name before we can be in that position. <laughs> you know, sharing, talking about Jesus is simply sharing our personal experience with others. Do you have a personal experience with Jesus that you can share with others? Oh, I trust you do. If not, now's the time. Jesus desires 
to live through us. God wants us to be witnesses unto him, especially in the midst of our pandemic. And you say, yeah, but pastor, what about all this social distancing and, 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 and masking up? And It's hard. That may bring challenges, but let me tell you, you know this already. We live in a world, a world that is broken, a world that's filled with confusion. People do not know what they want. Oh, they think they know. And they race here and they race there. And they think, oh, if only, oh, if only I could win the million. Wow! And they try all kinds of things. And you know, You've heard this before. Many preachers of old used it. There's a space in your heart that only Jesus can fill. And many are trying all kinds of things in our world, trying to fill that void, that space. And Jesus stands and says, Come, come unto me, and I'll give you peace. I'll give you peace, I'll give you calm, I'll give you joy, I'll give you rejoicing that you never knew before. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is a familiar verse to us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things, he continues, Paul continues, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and listen to this, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Darren and I were in uh, the pastor's office there praying before uh, the service, and we shared a little about, about the love of God and the greatness of God. And uh, we got so caught up, we very nearly forgot to pray. Boy, it's so wonderful thinking about the greatness of God. And I was going to share, but I knew we had to go to prayer. And I was going to say to Darren, you know, we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors. Do you know what an ambassador is? A representative. Representative. How are you representing Jesus Christ? How am I representing Jesus Christ? Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ, representatives of Christ in this world. Over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, the Apostle Paul uses this same word in reference to the gospel. He says, for which I am an ambassador in chains. 
that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. It is not God's desire. It's not God's design that we as disciples should sit huddled together for fear of those around us or whatever is happening around us. Nor is it it God's design for us to sit and gripe and complain about what is going on in our world. But that we, through the empowering of His Holy Spirit, should reach others for Christ. I was excited this morning. Darren was sharing, bringing me up to date on on God's moving in the church here. And even through these days of pandemic, social distancing, God is at work. God is at work. And uh, wow, just think of it. We can be part of that work. We can be part of that work. I find it very interesting. In the midst of their confusion and weakness, Jesus brings confidence and power. I find it very interesting to think that these same individuals that we have been reading about here, that God used them to literally turn the then-known world right side up. Boy, we have a world that needs turned right side up, don't we? Do you think it can happen again? Oh, my. Let me, let me ask that. I'm going to ask that question again, okay? <laughs> Do you think it can happen again? Amen. Amen. Second Chronicles 4, 17, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. We don't need reminded. We, need, we have a land that needs healing. God is willing. God is able are we willing? Again, apologize for quoting another Getty hymn. Um, not just because they're Irish. Well, maybe it is because they're Irish. But <laughs> by faith, by faith, the church was called to go in the power of the Spirit to the lost, to deliver captives, and to preach good news in every corner of the earth. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done. We'll walk by faith and not by sight. In the midst of their fear and trouble, Jesus brought peace and calm. In the midst of their sorrow and sadness, Jesus brought joy and gladness. In the midst of their confusion and weakness, Jesus brought confidence and power. Oh, dear people this morning, 
Let's keep our eyes firmly fixed on the Lord. So much distraction going on around us. Let's look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us pray. Father, we praise you. We give you thanks for not only loving us, but loving us so much that you emptied all of heaven's glory and sending your Son into the sin-cursed earth in order to be the sin sacrifice for each one of us as he took our place and died on Calvary's tree. He paid in full my debt. Father, we thank you for your provision. I do pray, Father, that you would come afresh and stir our hearts. Cause us to see that, yes, even in the midst of all these inconveniences like mask wearing and social distancing and pandemic restrictions, that you are in control and that you have said that you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, Father, we sung about being our vision. Oh, Father, we pray that you will be our vision, that we might not be restricted in our vision but that we might be looking unto you and excited to see what you're going to do as you build your church in these days. So, Father, encourage our hearts. Minister to us and through us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.